0: Hello, and welcome to Speak A Dogcast. My name is David Barb, Animal Behavior Specialist, and I am broadcasting from WOUF, Wolf Studios in beautiful Palm City, Florida. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you haven't clicked that subscribe or that follow button, do so right now. New episodes come out every Wednesday, and you're gonna wanna check them out. Now, you can also follow me on Instagram, at Speak A Dogcast, and be sure you check back because our YouTube channel is launching really soon, yes. Now, on today's show, we have why you should adopt a senior dog. There are so many reasons guys, some you may not have even thought of. So definitely want to check in and listen to that. Then we have our pet subscriptions worth it. So many pet subscription services out there. Uh, I'll tell you which ones I like. I actually can endorse. I use Uh, some of them, maybe, you know, what are my favorites and then a few more as well. So uh, definitely a lot of information to disseminate when it comes to those pet subscription services. Then we're going to have the first pets followed by the listener Q&A. And if you guys have questions for that listener Q&A, just keep on sending them over. You can email me questions at speakadogcast.com or feel free to message me on social media as well. Now, before we get going with today's show, I have to give you that trivia question, and today's question is going to be, what were the first domesticated dogs in the United States? Yes, what were the first domesticated dogs that made their way over to the U.S.? I'll give you the answer to that question somewhere in today's podcast, so be sure you stick around, sit, stay, and enjoy the show. Next on Speaking Dogcast, why you should adopt a senior dog. There are a slew of reasons why you should adopt a senior dog. We're going to talk about them. Some of them you may have not considered, and I implore you to listen to what I have to say. (laughs) Okay, Uh, look, the first first thing, and it may be the, the most obvious reason to adopt a senior dog, is there are a lot of senior dogs sitting in shelters sitting at rescues, and they never get adopted. And they spend the remainder of their life in that shelter, at that rescue. And look, while these shelters and these rescues do a wonderful job transitioning dogs to their new home, that's just it. Their job is to transition dogs to be adopted to a home. So, look, it makes me sad. It does. It bums me out. I hope it bums you out to think about, because then maybe you'll go think about adopting a senior dog. We've, we've adopted two senior dogs, um, you know, my wife and I, and one of them lived to the ripe old age of 15 and he was half lab, half golden. And one of them lived to the age of uh, 12 and a half. We adopted him at nine. And he should, I mean, you know, breed wise, it was crazy he lived that long. Um, look, even the half lab, half golden, right? Their life expectancies for both of those breeds are, are 10 to 12 years, right? So he well, lived, well surpassed it. We got him when he was eight years old. Do you hear that? Seven years we had this dog, seven years. It's incredible. Uh, The other dog, Fred, he was was half lab, half St. Bernard. St. Bernard's are seven to nine years old life expectancy labs, as we just said, 10 to 12, and he lived to be 12 and a half. Isn't that amazing? It's incredible. So you can have a really good amount of time with these dogs, and that's just it. It's not just the good amount of time. It's a good time with these dogs. Fred was such a good buddy. He was such a good companion. Fred could, well, so could Lucky. They both, Lucky walked till he was probably 13, 14 years old. I mean, he was still able to go for long walks. He loved it. Walks were Lucky's favorite, favorite thing. And uh, Fred was able to go for walks. I don't remember exactly when he had to stop. But, you know, his legs started getting a little arthritis. He was getting a little old. But he was a sweet boy. He was always a little playful. He was a good, good dog. Just Definition of a good dog. We adopted him at nine years old. You hearing that? Okay. So first and foremost, guys, I don't want, I don't want uh, rescue dogs to have to spend their lives in, in bad situations or a rescue situation. Old, old rescue dogs, excuse me, senior dogs, right? So that's the first thing. And I'm sorry, but if that doesn't tug at your heartstrings, then come on. <laughs> like, oh, goodness. It's, it's, it's a little crazy. And I mean, one day, maybe, right? One day when I just, when, 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 uh the thing is, it would take a lot of money, It'd take a ton of money and a ton of time and a big staff. I would love to be able to open a dog retirement facility, if you will, um, take a lot of senior dogs, get them out of the rescues and give them a good home. Now, at the same time, I'd love to be able to still try to adopt those dogs out, of course, but it would be a, 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 uh, facility geared specifically towards senior dogs. That way there's not younger dogs going crazy, not stressing some dog, you know, some older dogs don't want a lot of that stress and activity. And, um, it would be a great place that, that would be, you know, a couple, some acreage and, uh, they'd be happy out in the woods and 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 live in a good dog life. Have some nice shallow pools for them for the older pups, um, you know. Crazy, crazy long term ideas, right? Uh, I just think that would be a really nice thing. So, anyway, uh, back back off of dreamland. Let's get back to reality. <laughs> and the reality is, there's more than just that. There's more than just that reason to adopt a senior dog. And here's the second one. This is such, and this to me is huge. This is such a huge reason to adopt a senior dog. Guess what, guys? They're already housebroken. (laughs) How how many puppy owners out there? I can't put your hands up if you are tired of your dog peeing and pooping in your house. Guess what, guys? Majority of senior dogs you find are going to be housebroken. Dave, they're senior. They might have accidents. Guys, none of my senior dogs None of them, none of my dogs that I have had, none of them have had accidents at the end, have not been able to hold it. Yes, it happens, but that's not the majority of these dogs, okay? So actually, most of them are housebroken. Not only that, most of them know how to walk on a leash. Not only that, a lot of these dogs come with commands already because they're already trained dogs. Look, a lot of these older dogs, It's not. Be, they're not necessarily in the shelter because they're a bad dog, they're probably in the shelter from a bad situation, an unfortunate, unlucky situation that the dog can't help. Where I live, I live in South Florida, okay? and there are, let' to be realistic, there's a lot of older people, it's a lot of older populations down here. and people, people get sick, people die, people get old, people die. It's the reality of life. And when they pass away and their dog, has nowhere to go, they end up in these rescues. And so a lot of times these are well cared for, well taken care of, well-trained dogs, and people just pass over them because of the age. And it's just such a shame because they shouldn't. They should look twice and go, wait a second, that's a well-trained dog, that's a sweet dog. Look, my wife and I, we were at the shelter uh, when we were looking for Captain Nemo, when we ended up finding Captain Nemo, we were looking for a dog, um, we came across this Weimaraner. And this Weimaraner had been trained as a service dog, as a service animal. And he was so well-trained. He knew like 40-something commands. He was sweet. He was calm. He knew he walked on a leaf. Everything you could want in a dog, guys. And I, we didn't adopt him. Simply put, I didn't want to take that away from somebody else. You know, I, I, can, put it, I, I can take a more troubled case, which is why we ended up with Nemo. Uh, <laughs> and I wanted somebody else to see that awesomeness in that dog and be able to take him and just immediately take him home and have an awesome dog and not have to do any work because that's the that's what's awesome about some of these senior pets guys his owner was sick and passed away his dog was seven years old had a ton of life left in him i mean it's a weimaraner you know he had no health ailments zero health issues and nobody wanted him because he's seven it's like a dream dog guys it's a dream dog like, why are you not looking at the old dogs? Give them a chance. All right, so that's the second thing. They're already well-trained. How about the third thing? All right, little reality time, okay? Hey, look again, population down by me, older people. I'm seeing it more and more. And I'm just gonna be very honest. If you are over the age of 60, you really need to be thinking about what dog you're getting the breed, the size, the age. Those three things are the things you should be thinking about. And I, you know, again, just full-blown honesty time, I don't think most people over the age of 60 should have a big, big dog. And then if we get to most people over the age of 70, I don't think should have puppies. I'm sorry. You can't, I'm not saying all of you and I'm not pointing fingers, but this is my experience with my clients and what I've seen on the whole you can't move as fast as you used to. You can't bend over quickly. You can't lift heavy things. You have a bad hip, bad knee. You can't hear as well as you used to. Okay, let's run through that. If you can't hear guys, how are you going to hear the dog whining when they need to go out? How are you going to hear when the dog is peeing and having an accident and you need to get them outside? How are you going to lift them up if you can't lift and get them outside to get them to go pee outside? How are you going to move quick enough to make them connect the dots? How are you going to be able to bend over to reward and treat and clean messes and I'm just being realistic. I'm just being realistic, and I'm trying to look out in the best interest for the dog and the human. Guys, I don't want to see anybody get hurt. To me, that's like the biggest thing about this. I really don't want to see anybody getting hurt, and it doesn't take a large puppy to knock an older person over, does it? Reality time, guys. Reality time. This is where I sometimes have to bring clients back down to earth and go, I'm sorry, I have to ask, how old are you? And I hear 83 and I go, why do you have a lab puppy? Why why do you have, you should not have a six month old lab, I'm sorry. (sighs) My job is not always to be your best friend, right? My job is to be honest and my job is to look out for what's in the best interest of the dog and the human client. And sometimes that means giving bad news, you know? So it's a tough thing to talk about, you know. Like it's it's sort of like my 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 dad. I'm I'll never forget. You know, my grandparents, my grandfather. Um, there was a point where my grandfather was driving around. It's, it's not good stuff, guys. He's driving around, and he this was years and years ago. Um, he was getting in fender benders, and he was forgetting he even got in these accidents completely, like no recollection. It's early stages of dementia at that point, and my parents had to make the decision of we have to take his license away. Tough conversation to have. But the reality is he could have gotten hurt and he could have hurt somebody, you know, and it's no different with a dog. When we think about a lab when we think about a German shepherd, when we think about a bulldog, even we think about these bigger dogs that are high energy. Sometimes maybe they're sporting dogs, working dogs. They need something to do. They can bolt. They can knock some. It's not just a matter of biting and not having a training control. It's a matter of it could knock somebody over and hurt them. Okay, so. To me, again, there's this, there's this, if you're 60 years old, you really need to be thinking about what kind of dog you're getting. If you're 70, I really don't think you should be having a puppy. And if you are, you need to be getting that thing well-trained. But I insist that you go look at senior dogs because you can have an already well-trained, well-adjusted, amazing companion just by walking into the shelter, adopting them, and walking out. Instead of spending years, months, weeks, whatever it might be, it's more than weeks. It's always at least months, guys. Training your dog, putting in the time, putting in the physicality. It's a tough conversation to have, but you've got to be realistic about your own limitations, your own physical limitations. Okay, um, what about what about when you're older and you are forgetting things and you may not realize it? This is where I am. I, I'm appealing to the children. Right, The grown children, guys, you've got to get involved with your parents and you've got to take an active role in this kind of stuff because, again, I don't want to see anybody getting hurt. What happens when your parents are forgetting? They forget to feed the dog. They forget to give the dog their medications. These are realistic things we have to talk about. And so even a senior dog at that point may not be a great idea. It's not the conversation you want to have. It's not always what my clients want to hear. But I have to bring people out of the clouds and back down to reality. Adopting a senior dog can be a wonderful thing. I, I, and again, it just gets this like poo-pooed and I want a dog, I want a puppy, I want to. Do you really want a puppy? Are you sure about that? <laughs> and then there's the more realistic, the even more realistic, guys. Just like I talked about, these owners have a five, six, seven-year-old dog and they pass away because they're 80 years old and what happens to the dog? The kids don't want them and they end up in a shelter because the kids live across the country and they're not even involved. And So... If you are older, get a senior dog, guys. Get a senior dog. Don't be getting a puppy. Don't be putting that responsibility on somebody else in a few years. Be realistic. I know it's morbid, but it's realistic. Do what's best for yourself and the dog. All right. So again, guys, senior pets, the number one reason to me why you should adopt a senior dog is because there's so many of them out there that need loving homes and you can provide them that loving home. Senior dogs still have a lot of love, a lot of life to give. Uh, Again, think about your own dogs in the past. Think about them. You know, when they got old, weren't they still walking and active and everything? I mean, most of them probably were up until close to the end. Think about that, all right? So that's, and then the second thing is your dog already comes trained. No housebreaking, right? You might even not even uh, need to use a crate. They already know how to walk on a leash well, they know commands, there's all these wonderful things. Don't forget that Weimaraner I told you about. Sitting at a dog rescue, the thing knew 40 different commands. That dog knew 40 something different commands, was well-trained, was well-mannered, was a service dog, and his owner passed away. Perfectly well-behaved dog getting looked over all because he was seven. That dog could easily live to be 15. Come on, guys, get out there and get these senior dogs living in good homes. And the other thing, that third thing to think about is your mom and dads, your grandparents, all right, senior citizens, guys, I implore you, please don't get puppies if you shouldn't have a puppy. And instead, adopt an older dog that's going to be more uh, fitting to your lifestyle, right? So don't pass over those older dogs, guys. Get out there, get to your shelters, get to your rescues and adopt an older pet today. Are you tired of your dog barking all the time? Or maybe you want them to stop jumping on people when they come over. Or does your dog take you for a walk instead of the other way around? We can help. At The Nature of Training, we are committed to improving the relationships and lives people have with their pets. No matter what behavioral issue you are experiencing, from an unruly puppy to more severe issues, we can help offering a wide variety of services, such as in-home training, doggy and puppy boot camps, doggy day camps, boarding, and now offering virtual training as well. For more information, check out our website, www.thenatureoftraining.com, or you can find us on Facebook or Instagram at David Paws. Located in beautiful Palm City, Florida, serving all of the Treasure Coast and North Palm Beach County. The Nature of Training, helping you achieve success with your pet. Next on Speak A Dogcast, are pet subscription services worth it? Now there is a subscription service out there for everything now, people related, dog related, you name it, right? And so it can be tough to disseminate what's going to be worth it, what may not be worth it. And look, to be honest, it kind of depends on you and your specific needs on if a subscription service will be worth it. So You know, we're gonna talk about a few different services. I've done a little research, I'll admit, I do not have a subscription to every single one of these. I've just done reading, maybe read some reviews, looked at the price points, things like that, trying to give you guys some ideas about some of these services that might be good for you. Now there is one of these subscription services that I do subscribe to. There is one, I think they're phenomenal, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. But really it's gonna come down to your needs, what you need for your dog, what you're looking for for your dog, and if these things are going to be helpful for you. Uh, some people go, Oh, subscriptions are your, it's a waste of money. You don't really need yes and no. And again, dependent upon your needs for myself, it's absolutely not. It's definitely not a waste of money. It has been a huge help. It's, it's really been a game changer in a lot of ways. It sounds silly, but we'll talk about it. Um, let's dive right into it. Look, the the service that I'm talking about that I I can endorse, I say, I love them. I, I use them. I utilize their service and I think they're great. BarkBox. BarkBox, you've probably heard of BarkBox, BarkBox.com. Uh, you can check them out guys, because I really, I just can't speak highly enough because I've really had a good experience with them. Uh, they've been a wonderful company so far and basically what it is, you subscribe. <laughs> you subscribe to their, their service and once a month you're gonna get a box. And in this box comes everything for your dog. There, there's treats, um, there's like bags of treats, training treats, there's actual like a, like a chew treat and then of course some toys right? The dog toys. And to me, that's the holy grail. Do you know how many dog toys I go through in this household? <laughs> like A ton. Uh, so to me, that was the game changer for me, okay? So, Bark Box is awesome, and it just keeps getting awesome the more I'm going to talk about it, because you ready? Here we go. So again, first of all, once a month, Box shows up. You don't even have to go searching for toys. You don't have to go shopping. You don't even have to do select them. They come pre-selected for you. You tell them about your dog, what level of play they have, what kind of toys they tend to like, and guess what you're going to get in that box? Toys catered to your dog's likes and needs. Really great, okay? So That's the first thing. My dogs loved all the treats and loved the chews, and they really did, and they really loved the toys. But here's the thing. I'm a behavior specialist, I'm a trainer. I I have dogs in and out of this house constantly. We have dogs in and out all the time, different chewing needs, different chewing levels, and I go through toys a lot more than the average dog owner is going to. So I asked them, I said, look, I, I love the bark box. I love the treats, the dogs love them, but I go through a lot of treats. I buy treats essentially in bulk. I don't have a need for the treats as much as I do the dog toys. Is there any way we can customize this box so I can just get only dog toys sent to me? And they said no problem, done. And sure enough, the next month, boom, there it was—four, five brand new, awesome dog toys. And guys, these toys are very durable. They're they're really built well, built well, made well, whatever. There you go. They're both uh, <laughs> they're wonderful dog toys. My dogs have really loved them. They actually. I don't think there's any toy that I've given them from in these boxes that they've even turned their noses up at. They really enjoy them. Some of them are scented, flavored, really good stuff. Now, what happens if you have a big chewer and they send a toy and your dog destroys the toy? Guess what, guys? Send it back and they will give you a free replacement. Actually, I don't even think you send it back. They just send you a free replacement. That's how awesome it is. It's even better. And they've been really phenomenal. Their customer service is great. They respond instantly. Um, There's just there's been no delays in anything, everything shows up when it should, and it's been wonderful. Again, I can't recommend BarkBox enough because of my personal experience as a professional uh, working with them. I had to spend, and I, you know, I still I still go to HomeGoods, gotta buy dog beds and other things. HomeGoods, as you guys might know, is a wonderful place to go <laughs> to shop for your dog's needs. Gotta give them that plug. Not a subscription service, but hey. Uh, so I used to go there a lot, and I, I still do, but I don't have to go nearly as much. Uh, I used to go there once a week looking for dog toys. And lucky for me, the home goods in the pet store are next door to each other. So I get to take my pick. And But man, it it's a lot. Like searching for these toys and finding the durable ones and sitting there and trying to figure out what... It, it, it sounds silly, guys, but it is a lot to have to really sift through hundreds of toys to try to find the most durable. You know, you got to keep in mind, my business is purchasing these. I need. I go through a lot of toys. Obviously, I want to find durable ones that the dogs are also going to enjoy playing with. So it's tough when you go through that many toys. So this box has really been a saving grace for myself. It saves me time, it saves me having to find toys, having to pick them out, any of that. It sounds ridiculous and stupid, but it's an amazing, subscription service that has been a huge help uh, to myself as a professional so again once a month these boxes show up I can customize the box for my needs my needs are toys they send me awesome toys the toys are durable they're literally all over my house right now (laughs) Um, and they've really been good about when I say hey this toy didn't last but a day they send me a new one no problem and I do I got a big chewer in this house so (laughs) there's that and then of course the client dogs too so they've really been great guys, BarkBox, can't speak enough about them, okay? So then there's other subscriptions, uh, subscription services, say that five times fast. I probably already said that too many times this uh, segment, but there's other services as well. There's PupBox, you know, PupBox is an age-based subscription service and they're gonna tailor everything to your dog's stage of life. They even have training guides and they have really tough toys for puppies. Um, their boxes are going to start at like forty dollars for a one month plan. They even do like a thirty-four dollars for three months, so on and so forth. So you really can cater it. Obviously, the more you subscribe, the less the box is. So kind of cool. Uh, then we also have Bully Make. Now, Bully Make is obviously what's it sound like, guys? Bully toys, dogs for dogs that are maybe big chewers, bully breeds, dogs that are going to be more destructive. So you can check out Bully Make 2. They ship nationwide and their boxes are around $45 for a one month plan and get a little lower again, the longer you subscribe. Now there is also the cat boxes, but that doesn't sound right when you say it does. It, it sounds like it's it's a, it's a litter box. Uh, <laughs> No, we're not talking about a litter box. That's not what I'm talking about. Uh, There are these cat subscription services as well. So you can check those out. I won't talk too much about them. But, you know, hey, some of you dog owners have cat subscription service. Uh, Cats out there, so you're going to want to take a look at those. Now, there's also the Kong Club. What is the Kong Club? It's a monthly Kong toy delivery service. I love Kong toys, too, guys. Kong toys are phenomenal. Uh, We know we can fill them with peanut butter and cheese and things like that. Got to give the disclaimer real quick. I know we're talking about subscription services, but because we are talking about dog toys, anybody filling these kongs with peanut butter, right? You got to be careful of the peanut butter you're going to use, guys. Remember, uh, if you've listened to my podcast before, you've probably heard me talk about this. But there is an artificial sweetener being used in these main brand peanut butters called xylitol. Starts with an X. It's spelled with an X. It's X. Xyl, i L, I'm not gonna try to spell it off the top of my head. Um, I didn't win spelling bees growing up, that's okay. <laughs> so xylitol, it's an artificial sweetener being used in all kinds of things, but especially peanut butter. And guys, it's very toxic for dogs. If you want to avoid it the best way, look for peanut butter that says natural on the label. Uh, Jif, Peter Pan, Skippy, they all make a natural peanut butter. So be sure you check that label, read it, make sure it says sugar and not xylitol. Again. A lot of people like to fill Kong toys with peanut butter peanut butter, because it's awesome. Even better, you might've heard this trick, but if you haven't, you can fill the Kong toy with peanut butter and stick it in the freezer and it'll harden the peanut butter, right? So that way your dog, it takes them longer to lick it out extends the uh, enrichment, right? So again, this Kong Club, Kong Club is getting all the Kong toys and Kong treats delivered to your door. Now, these start at around $45 a month. You kind of see the theme here. It seems like we have like a $35 to $45 window per month. Now, keep in mind, guys, these are treats, these are toys. There's a lot of things that come in this Kong Club box as well. So all these subscription services really add in a lot of amazing things. And if you go to your, look, I encourage you, Go to the pet store and, you know, itemize out. Itemize out what's in these boxes and go look at what it costs at the pet store because you'll probably find the subscription services are actually going to cost you less money than if you were to buy these things individually each month at the pet store. So think about how much money you're really spending at the pet store. Uh, I try to find stuff on sale, that's what I go for. But just food for thought, okay. (laughs) Now there's also another one called Pet Treater Box. Yes, Pet Treater Box. Now this is one that may not break the bank as much because boxes are actually going to only start at about $15. Now this of course is going to have uh, three excuse me, uh, three to four items comes in it. And then they also have a deluxe box. You can actually choose a small box or a larger box. And that one's gonna come with five to eight items. So that you, can choose, uh, you can choose treats only or toys only. Uh, they actually do toys as well. I take a pack, excuse me. Uh, they do cho- toys as well. And they have all kinds of yummy stuff, plush toys and seasonal accessories. So you guys can check out Pet Treater Box as well. Those boxes tend to start a little cheaper. Um, so there's a lot of great things out there. Now, one other thing that's not a subscription service that I wanna talk about, Chewy.com. Y'all have seen the blue boxes outside your neighbor's houses. If you don't, if you don't subscribe with Chewy, you know somebody who does. I have to admit, chewy's been phenomenal. They really have. Uh, I've been ordering my dog food through chewy, and the boxes always get here within like two days. It's unbelievable. Their shipping is amazing, Their customer service is responsive. They always take care of everything. Not that I really, I actually know, I've never had a problem. How awesome is that? Uh, so again, from personal experience as a professional, I appreciate a service uh, that can allow me as a business to kind of keep it running, not have to think about it as much. When I have that auto, um, uh, auto ship, right? That's really cool. I actually create a list of auto ship items. So like, for example, my dog food. Most of you out there, you know how much dog, how much, how quickly you go through a bag of dog food for your dog, and the cool thing is, is you can actually set it one week, two week, three weeks, six weeks, all different kinds of intervals to be able to have these deliveries come. Cat litter, same thing. My cat litter box uh, boxes that I use from a brand called Pet PetSafe, um, they're wonderful as well. You know, so it's really great because I can get treats delivered, food delivered, uh, uh, my 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 kitty boxes delivered, they have accessories, they have leashes, they have all kinds of stuff on Chewy. So if you haven't checked out Chewy, go to Chewy.com. You can order a single item once. You can do uh, your auto ship items. You have options. I think that's kind of like the, the the theme of all these subscription services is the flexibility. That's the advantage more than anything, the flexibility that comes with these things. Um, so there's a lot to be said about their customer service, Chewy, BarkBox, um, all these wonderful companies that really are doing good things and are really helping out pet owners. Like when you order things like food and dog treats through <clears throat> some other big name services that are not pet oriented, like Amazon, uh, you don't know how long those treats are sitting on a shelf. I'll just be honest. You don't. And if you have a company that's truly focused on the betterment and the enrichment of pet lives... You just know you're gonna have a better experience. You're gonna have a better product delivered. And that's why I encourage you to check out these pet subscription services, Chewy.com, BarkBox.com, the two that I really can endorse because I've I've used personally and I love their companies. Um, So go check them out, guys. There's all kinds of good things out there. Maybe it's not for you. Maybe you don't go through, maybe your dog's not a big chewer and you buy toys once a year for your dog. Then hey, a subscription service may not be the best thing for you, but then there's the treats, then there's the dog food at Chewy you can buy. Keep in mind, all these things can be really helpful. One thing I might want to mention, I didn't mention about Chewy, I just thought of, uh, when you do the auto auto ship, I save like uh, a percentage every single time just by auto subscribing to these, these items. And again, this is an item like dog food that I know I'm going to need at, at a certain interval, right? So when I auto ship, I auto save. Pretty great stuff. So usually the more you buy, the more you save with these kinds of things. And it really can go a long way toward helping you guys with convenience, with saving the money, who doesn't like saving money, and of course, making your dog happier and healthier. So go check them out. Subscription services in my book, two thumbs up. So I hope that gives you guys a little more information on subscription services. Maybe it's the right thing for you, maybe it's not. But again, my two favorites, BarkBox.com and Chewy.com. Go check them out. The answer to today's trivia question, what were the first domesticated dogs that made their way to the US? It's Siberian Huskies and Malamutes. Also, general sledding dogs are what are considered to be the first dogs that made their way to the US, and they most likely came over sometime in a mass migration between 500 and 1,000 years ago. Next on Speak A Dogcast, it's The First Pets. Today on The First Pets, we'll be talking about Zachary Taylor. Now, Zachary Taylor, he was the 12th president of the United States, and he served from 1849 uh, only until 1850. He was actually one of the shortest-lived presidents in United States history, only serving for 16 months. Now, still to this day, there is really uh, no definitive proof of how he died, on July 4th, 1850, Taylor reportedly ate a large amount of cherries and drank iced milk while at holiday celebrations. Now, the days following, he fell ill, and he was originally diagnosed as having acute gastroenteritis. And unfortunately, then a couple days after that, he passed away. Now, his actual cause of death, like I said, it's still up for debate. Uh, you know, there's conspiracy theories that formed even shortly after his death and have continued to this day. Now, before being elected, Taylor was already a national hero, having served in the Mexican-American War, the War of 1812, and the Seminole, uh, Second Seminole War, leading the U.S. to many victories. Now, he was actually known to sit on his horse during battle, calm and stoic as bullets would whiz by his face. His actions during the wars named him, uh, earned him the nickname Old, Rough, and Ready. Now on to the bats. So speaking of horses, Taylor actually brought his war horse to the White House with him that he had taken into battle. His name was Old Whitey. He had become a common sight grazing on the White House lawn once Taylor entered office, and he actually ended up also participating in the funeral procession for Taylor once he passed away. Now, after the president's death, he was sent back to Taylor's plantation and then to his son, Richard's, where he lived out uh, the rest of his life and died of old age. Taylor also actually had a retired circus pony named Apollo that was a gift for his daughter. Both Apollo and Old Whitey came to the White House when Taylor took office, but it's actually not known what happened to Apollo after the president's death. Next on Speak a Dogcast, it's our listener Q and A. The first question today comes from Spencer from Chicago, Illinois. Spencer says, "I am eight years old, and my best friend at school is Jonathan, but Jonathan is afraid of dogs. I love dogs, and I have a four-year-old lab named Buddy who is so nice and gentle. How can I help my friend like dogs too?" awesome question Thank you Spencer for sending that in hey I'm so glad you're listening to the podcast how cool is that uh, get them training their dogs young <laughs> yeah Spencer that's a little tough right it's it can be a little tough um, to get your friends over a fear of dogs you know my mom actually had a little bit of a big fear of dogs a little bit of a big fear a little bit of a fear of of big dogs, right? Um, and she had had maybe not the best experience as a young kid, and so sometimes that can affect it. And maybe your friend Jonathan uh, just hasn't had that awesome experience that you have. So you know, it, it took my mom a little while. That's what I'm going to tell you about my mom's experience and and uh, my dog Penny Lane. And Penny Lane was a half lab, half Great Dane, Spencer. That's a big dog, right? So. It was really helpful because Penny was very calm, like like your dog, Buddy. And so we just introduced her to my dog very slowly. What's important is that you try to get your dog, Buddy, to ignore your friend, Jonathan, right? Because the more your, that Buddy is gonna wanna interact with Jonathan, it might make him more nervous. So the best thing you can do is get your parents to help you out, right? And we wanna maybe try to distract Buddy with some treats if he's food motivated um, and, and let, let your friend Jonathan experience Buddy from a distance to start with. Leash Buddy up, have him near you, give him some treats, mom and dad, okay? And let Jonathan be far away. If, if that means 100 yards away to start with, do whatever makes him comfortable. And if you do this a couple times from far away, he might wanna get closer and closer. He might show some interest. Let him see other people interacting with Buddy, petting Buddy, uh, be, uh, you know, show him that Buddy can be gentle and nice. And if you show him enough times and consistently from a distance, He might feel comfortable to get closer and closer, and maybe we can work that up to him petting Buddy, okay? Just take your time with it, go slowly. We don't wanna make Jonathan uncomfortable. We want your friend uh, to feel comfortable around dogs just like you do. So the best way to do it is to just take it slowly and try to have Buddy ignore your friend if you can, all right? And of course, get mom and dad to help out and make sure you're leashing Buddy up when you do this. And thanks again for listening, Spencer. Next question, this comes from Jerry from Brooklyn, New York. Jerry says, I have a new rescue dog that is a little scared of new people. He'll sometimes low growl at them. But we've been working on it and he is getting better. However, there is this one old lady that lives in my building who doesn't like my dog. For that matter, it seems that she doesn't really like any dog. Uh, (laughs) At any uh, time she sees my dog, she'll say bad dog at him. And that just makes him more nervous. What can I do to solve this? Good question, Jerry, because, you know, I, I've 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 come across this before. Um, first of all, I think people should mind their own damn business. If the dog is not bothering them, then that's none of her business. Um, you know, look, if you have a building manager or something like that, again, this is look, I'm, I'll admit I'm a Florida boy. I've never lived in apartments. I don't know how this kind of stuff works. But hey, maybe you have a building manager or somebody who can get involved and have a have a conversation with her um, because people like this, they've made up their mind. You know what I mean? They're not gonna listen to you, the dog owner that they're yelling at, which is, God, ridiculous. Guys, don't yell at dogs that are not yours. In my opinion, you shouldn't even, honestly, initiate with a dog that you don't know without asking the owner first. That's that's my rule of thumb. So Jerry, I'm on board with you and I think it's kind of ridiculous because if everybody adhered to that rule, your dog would get over their nervousness a lot faster. But because people don't adhere to that rule of asking before approaching, it just makes your life more difficult and it makes your dog's life more difficult and that kind of stinks. So... Again, I would try to start with finding a neutral party that can perhaps get involved, that could maybe try to sway her a little bit. Short of having a conversation with her, her actually changing her ways, though, what can you really do besides avoid her? I mean that that's what I it, like. If it were me, and and you've tried going the nice confrontation route and it doesn't work, what else can you do but avoid her? If you see her in the hallway, turn around, go back in your apartment for two minutes until she goes back inside. You see her downstairs outside, walk the other way. If you see her in the stairs, go back up to your apartment. I mean. I, It stinks and it's not fair to you because you're trying to do the right thing by training your dog. Um, You know, interesting. Well, actually, I'm going to talk about that, I think, next episode. I had seen an interesting thing online about people approaching dogs and what this one trainer was telling people to do. So we may do a whole topic on this of how, how to deal with people. I love this. Here it is. I love it. It's already sparked. Uh, that's what we're going to do, Jerry. We're going to have a whole segment on this <laughs> next week. That's what we'll do. We'll have a whole segment on nervous dogs and what to do with approaching people. And we'll get more in depth and talk more about this. So I kind of hope that gives you a little bit of the short answer for now. And I'll give you more of an answer next week. Thanks again for the questions. <music> That's gonna wrap up the podcast today. Thank you so much for listening in. If you haven't clicked that subscribe or follow button, do so right now. New episodes come out every Wednesday. Follow me on Instagram at Speaka Dogcast. And if you love what you're hearing, give me that five-star rating, guys. Have a wonderful week. And don't forget, get out there and walk your dog.